Hallelujah. How wonderful it is to know that our sin has been washed away. So then worship Him in truth and in spirit. May the Lord uh, bless you. And uh, I know this has uh, uh, been a long waiting uh, meeting. We haven't uh, had a meeting for uh, the whole week. Uh, but I promise you I won't be too long. Uh, but I won't be too short like watch night either. But we just pray the will of the Lord to be done. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll just uh, invite you uh, to uh, go to the scripture. Uh, book of Second Corinthians. Chapter 4. Over Corinthians, the chapter, uh, Second Corinthians, the chapter four, uh, verse five. Before we read it, let's just bow our head. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to the most holy word again. Lord, the time after time, it never bored us to reading your word. Because this is the only thing that we can depend on our whole life on. Our whole being was hinged on the word of God. Because we know this is not just uh, ink on the paper. We know this is the blood through the word. By the life of Jesus Christ. And you give this word to us. And when we receive it, this word will become a life that in our life. And it take away the sin and wash us clean. So that we can come before God as a clean new creature, Lord. Father, we thank you. Just ask you to take the next few moments. Lord, a man cannot explain your word. And we're not intending to do that. But Lord, we can only be a vessel so that you can speak through us, Lord. Clean this vessel first. Lord, then clean every else's vessel. So that we can speak the word of a God and can also hear the word of a God. And may the word of a God forever anchored in our heart and totally transform our life. We in this dark and evil age. We thank you, Lord. You are the light that has shined upon our heart. And you are the one that reveal your own self to us. Lord, as we reading your word, may you open up yourself again. Reveal your being to us so that we know we're not coming to the church in vain. But Lord, we're coming in church with an empty heart, but we'll be filled with God and live this church, become a changed person. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. You know, uh, we just announced that Brother Hughes um, uh, passed, it, uh, passed away. 
And, um, you know, he's been a great soldier to us. And I'll say both naturally and uh, supernaturally, uh, spiritually, that he's a great soldier. And um, I know there they had an old saying, I think the, uh, the General Douglas MacArthur said that, it says, uh, the old soldier uh, never die, uh, but it just faded away. But I want to change that. The old soldier never die, it just crossed it to another side. Amen. And continue living on the Jesus side until we meet him again. So we just, um, uh, you know, we do sorrow as a human being. We do have a, a sadness that a, a one of the brothers has passed away, but we're not sorrow as the people in the world has a sorrow. And I was uh, yesterday, I was just to look at um, uh, some of the quotes. Um, uh, you know, I, I look, uh, I saw this brother Brandon talking about um, uh, the old um, uh, preacher called Buddy Robinson. I don't know, have you ever heard of this? Uh, uh, you know, it just so describes that our brother Hugh. Uh, I just want to share this just um, before the service. And um, brother Branham said, he said, I like old Buddy Robinson said. He said, Lord, give me the backbone the size of a saw log. Put plenty of knowledge in the gable end of my soul. And let me fight the devil as long as I got one tooth and then gum him till I die. And I, I just love that. You know, even on Brother Hewitt on his sick bed, he's still helped with the translation works in Germany. And it was just marvelous that we we went to meet him one day in the hospital. And the only thing he required, he just wanted his computer and continually doing the translation work. And what a great soldier that's before us. I think they just encourage us and... We are be a soldier of God, just continue on and to do the work of the Lord. Uh, we we know that the earth will never the environment, the circumstances will never be um, in favor of us. But if we do the work of the Lord, I believe that the Lord will take care of the rest of the things. Maybe later I will share a little bit of testimony uh, on that and end. But uh, Lord willing, I would like to um, speak at a title: uh, the treasure in the earthen vessels. Um, you know, in the last little while, this has been uh, become um, uh, such a blessing to me, and um, uh, so I would like to share this is with you. And uh, God gave us as a treasure, uh, but the thing is, the treasure is in the earthen vessel. It's always it is the earthen vessel that give us this trouble, but God chooses this earthen vessel to put us as a treasure to the end. You know, man has been uh, looking for treasures. I know that even when I was a little boy, and uh, I was, uh, you know, reading a lot of stories about uh, parrots that uh, they hide their treasure, and uh, uh, you know the people that later on they try to find the treasure. The people they go a long journey, and going uh, uh, just going through a lot of dangers and try to find something that is uh, valuable. Uh, and many of them they uh, they when uh, uh, after they've gone to the, the place to find out it's nothing but just a lie. There's a nothing in there. But God gave us the treasure is not a lie. God gave us the treasure that is the truth. That is the reality. That has been proved that time after time. And the Brother Branham said in the influence, he said, um, he said, we must be sincere because we got to the greatest thing in the world. The greatest treasure of heaven is Christ among us. There's no other thing than the treasure of a Christ. 
He gives His own life to us so that we don't have to live a life in the darkness. And in the absolute, Brother Branham says that the life is the greatest treasure that man can have. And now we've got to find what is the life. And he said, my word is the life. That's the life that you should have, the word living in you. When God gave us this treasure, it's not like visible from our eyes. It's not that our hands can touch it. Though there is in the word of God, in the life of Jesus, that there are blessings. But it's not the visible one that is considered to be the treasure. But it's the invisible one considered to be the treasure. If we only have a hope on this earth and do the things to just try to pursuing the blessing of this earth and uh, different things that the world can offer to us, even sometime when we're seeking just for the blessing from the message, maybe help our family, maybe help our marriage life, maybe help us uh, as to how to raise our children, maybe can uh, let us live a life that's more um, uh, commended by the people in the society, but that's not uh, the whole key of it. The treasure is the life of Jesus Christ. Then the treasure, and he said, what is the life? He said, my word is the life. The word is not just only the black ink on the white paper, but the word is the life because in the word contains the life of God. When a person who received the word, then the word becomes a life of that person through faith. It is almost like a chemical reaction that happened in a person's life. You cannot even know how it is has happened. But when you be sincere, when you really receive the word in this hour, something changes internally. And then you yourself cannot even explain, but something just driven you. Think about who driven brother Hugh that on the deathbed and still want to translate to the word because he know this word can help other people. Because he know this word can transform a people. This word can make it a person who was dead and come to life again. That's why this treasure that the Lord had given it to us. He saw the value of it. And I think we saw the value of it. And the brother Bram said in the token, he said, but the thing of it is a Christ living in us. Hebrews 13, 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Proving that God has raised him up for us from the dead according to his promised word. It's an identification that Jesus Christ is living tonight. We accept his sacrifice, sacrifice the blood that he gave his life. He gives us the life by water because he's him himself, Christ is the word. When the word give it to us, when we believe, that's literally the life of God, the blood of Jesus Christ. Now it's the flowing in us. Now you're not your own anymore, but you belong to Jesus Christ. And he said, we find out that the blood does speak. It speaks in your behalf. It's not you speak anymore, but it's the God himself speak. And he speaks through you, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the life that's in you speaks from the shed blood. In another word, the blood will speak better. If that's only your blood, your blood won't speak better things. And even the blood of Abel can only condemn a can. But the blood of Jesus Christ can speak better things. Because that's a different life living in there. That is the life of a God that's speaking. That's a sacrifice lamb that the God speaking. He said, if you can't see that, what it is, it's the life that's in you. See, that blood is identified you with it. It's the token. He said, what it is, what it is, 
the blood was shed for you. You have been accepted, and the life has come into you. You have the token. That's the Holy Ghost. What you do, you yield yourself. And when you yield, you surrender yourself. Then the Holy Spirit, the token, started taking the effect that in your life. When you yield yourself and the word, you let the word of God dealing with you, and then the word started changing your nature, then changing your desire, and that shows the life of Christ now has a living in you. If the Christ of the Lord is living in you, don't let no one condemn you. Don't let no Satan condemn you. Don't let any uh, voice that besides the voice of God try to accuse you, try to condemn you, and try to say that you are not worthy. You know, I find out that one of the biggest things for the believer is not the worldly desire. It's not that the things that are in the world that try to invade them, but it's a condemnation constantly bombarding the true believer's mind. And in their heart, they're fully believer. In their heart, they're real. They live a godly life. But it seems like the more godly life that a true believer live, it seems like the attack of a Satan become more ferocious. But it was as a more attack. It's not he tried to use a woman to attack you. He's not trying to use money to attack you. He's not trying to use work and money or all, all kinds of things to attack you. He used the condemnation to attack you. But for the true believer, they're constantly battling, they're constantly battling. But the real true things that what we need to do, ignore what is the devil trying to say to you, but believe in what the word of God has said about you. He already said that and put it in the word of God, put it in the Bible, put it in the message, so there is no condemnation to those that are walking, not after the flesh, but after the spirit of God. And God's only provided a place of worship. And Brother Bramer said, but by one spirit, we all baptize it into one body. And that body is a family. Is that a family of God? And that's the house of God. And the house of God is the name of Jesus Christ. You believe we're in the house of God? Not this is a structure. But you are the house of God. Because you are the body of Jesus Christ. How you become a body of Jesus Christ? Because you receive His word, His gene, His germ, His own life is living in you. That's why you become a house of Jesus Christ. You become a house of God. And then He said to the house of the house of God is the name of Jesus Christ. You're not bearing your own name, my brother Victor. You're not a brother, bear your own name, my brother David, my brother Van Anter. You, you bear the name of Jesus Christ. No, maybe on this earthen vessel, you still have the name of your earthly name. But inside of that, there's another life that is living in there. And God see you as the house of God. You might see you as your own name, as your own failure, as your own mistake, as your own fault, as your own fallen. as all kinds of things that may be around us. But don't forget, God put that a treasure in that earthen vessel. That is, he put his own self, he put his life that in that earthen vessel. And he considered that you are his name. Because you received his word. And then the prophets that cried out, and God only provided a place of worship. He says, uh, he said, there's a no denomination mixture in it anywhere. He said, my house. Thank you, Brother Ken. You put an exclamation mark in there. He said, my children. Born of my genes. He said, Amen. Glory to God. My genes 
in them. I put my word in them. How to prove that you have the gene of God, the germ of God? Because they put His word that in you. And you receive His word. Only the germ of God can receive the word. Then Brother Bram said, I will write them upon the tablet, tables of their heart. That's my family. The family of the body of Jesus Christ. The family. He said, now there is no other place in Bible giving where that God ever put His name. Only in Jesus Christ. For He is the Son of God, taking the name of God and God's human name. And where is that name was to put it on? Is to put under the gene of God. Is to put under the predestinated seed of God. You're not a bearer of your own name anymore, but you have the name of Jesus Christ. Because there's a life living in you. And then he said, and the name is the word, because he is the word. What is the greatest treasure? His life. What is the, tra- what is the greatest tra- treasure? The word of God. It is alive. So that when you, so that when you receive the word, you receive his name. And the brother Bram said, Amen. What is he then? What is he then? The word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. What interpreted the word? You have no rights to interpret the word. God interprets his own word. But through who? Through you. Christ become a hope of a glory in the bride of Jesus Christ. It's not just we try to quote the word or try to explain the word. Try to put it all close together. Your life that shows the name is on you. Your life is interpreted the message in this hour to be the truth. As I said a little before, if all the discernment will be in vain if there's no life that is shown in the, in the believers. All the discernment, all the miracles will be in vain. There is no life that the word will transform our life, change our nature, change our desire, make us become a new being. All of that will be in vain. But by God's grace, there are a group of people that live the truth of God. There are the people that in this world, they, they rejected the desire that on this earth, they rejected the things that in this world, they live a life that is dedicated to the word in this hour. They've been transformed. That is the proof. In work is a face expressed. And Brother Brandon was talking about uh, uh, the one of the dream that he was um, uh, he, uh, he had, and he, in another dream he saw the whole bunch of uh, people and uh, in the behind the bar and in the prison, and he said, "I looked and they were beating their head just like they were out of their mind." And I seen some lights flickering around in there. I looked up and there stood the Lord Jesus with the lights of a rainbow around him. Sometimes we feel that we are like the, in the, in the prison. Like our mind will be going through the, the pressure of this earth and the deep, uh, uh, distress that we find that, uh, uh the Satan has to put it that upon the, the people. You'll find out those stress and those pressure is not going to getting lightened up. It's just getting worse and worse. But God has also promised that in this, uh, time of a trouble, he will be a present help to us. You never heard of so much of the, the mental problems that uh, uh, like what we're facing right now. And before that the people live a simple life. But on this earth, in this age, you find out that the people are constantly the battling with the mind battle. 
and the believer is not exempted. They're, they're included in there as well. And actually it's the believer getting the worst attack from the Satan. But you see, Lord always promised us, He give us the help in this hour. And the brother Branham said, He saw the light and said, there stood the Lord Jesus with the light of a rainbow around Him. He's, uh, he's the, He's the Lord that with the confidence with us. It's not what you do, it is what He's already done. He was looking right straight to me, said, deliver those people. And he went away. And we're thinking, Lord, you deliver us. You know, you, if you say that in your word, you do this. But you see, the Lord tells the, the prophet, he said, you go to deliver those people. I give you the confidence, I give you the power, I give you the strength, but you go to deliver those people. And then he said, Brother Branham said, I thought, well, how could I deliver them? I haven't got a strength enough in my name. To break those bars. And so I said, a house of hell gave away to the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not a how you holler. It's not a how you gather up your strength and try to resist the devil. He said, a house of hell gave away to the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The house of hell will give away to that name. He's not a gave away to your screaming. He's not a gave away to your sincerity. He's a gave away to the name of Jesus Christ. Who got the name? The name is in you because you received the word. When you receive the life, you receive the word. That name is in you. When Satan saw that name, he has to give it away. It's not a your name as a Murphy or a Brother Ed or the Brother Tim or Brother Michael or whoever that is. That name of Jesus Christ will drive away all demons. Amen. When you receive the word, the word in you, maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you don't see it. But the life has been changed. Your desire has been changed. Your nature has been changed. That proof of that word is taking hold in you. That proof of that word is making taking effect of that in you. When that word is in you, that means that name of Jesus Christ is in you. You don't have to scream to him. You don't have to drive him. When he saw that name, then you can confess that house of hell gave away. You have no power that in me. You have no power on my mind. You might be trying to condemn me. You try to accuse me. You try to put a depression on me. You put a nervousness on me. But it gave away house of hell. Because the name of Jesus Christ is on you. That's he feared. That's he is afraid. That's he is to try it all is the best to try to de-arm you. To try to make you don't recognize the weapon that you have. You have the word of God living in you. It's not that the pages are living in you, but it's the life of a Christ through believe the word of God living in you. Death cannot take you. Nothing cannot take you. Is that how much you fight, you strive, but know who you are. But the word of God has said who you are. And then you just ignore the devil and walk on. If you try to arm wrestling with him in a mental power, you know, find, I find out sometime, a lot of time, we're, we're, we're thrown away the identity, the position, by the word has told us and it tried to use our mental power 
to try to resist the devil. And when one environment starts to come and the circumstances become our contrary, and then a lot of time, inside of it, to recognize who you are, and to believe the word, to resist the devil, by that, we try to use the mental power we try to do. They cause our nervousness. Because your ability fail. Because you look at a symptom. Then when the pain become a more painful, then you start to doubt, do I have a faith or not? You live it in the earthen vessel. But there's a treasure in there. There's a life of a God in there. The outer symptom, outer appearance have nothing to do with that treasure that is in us. Maybe in your sick bed, you even sometime in the mind-boggling start to battling with you. The pins come and the, the different, the, the sickness and the differences that try to swallow you. And you come to a time even though, do I have the healing or not? But inside of the inside, something has got a hold of it. That has nothing to do with the treasure that Lord put it in you. Devil can take away your body. Devil can take away your, can, uh, can make the sickness that deprive your ability of a walking. It deprive your ability, can enjoy your daily food, your daily life. But devil cannot deprive the treasure that is in you. Because he never put it in there. God put it in there. If he never put it in there, he got no right, he got no power to take that treasure out of you. God choose to put our treasure in that earthen vessel. He know our frame. He know that we're nothing but a dust. But he said, I put in the most precious thing that is in you. There's nothing on the outer appearance can identify that what is on the inside. No matter if this is good or no matter if this is bad. No matter you're in the sickness or you're in the trial, that is nothing. It doesn't prove anything. Satan might come to you and say, hey, don't you see that? Does that prove that you are not a believer? If you're a believer, how can you be weak that when you're sick? If you're a believer, how can you be weak when you're facing the trial, facing the difficulty? Let me say to the devil, yes, yeah, not your business. God put that treasure in me. I believe his word to be the truth. Though I'm in the weakness, though sometimes in the outer body, it seems like a totally different, saying a different thing. But inside of the inside, say, Lord, there is a treasure in this earthen vessel. Don't argue with Satan. Just go on. When he try to prove anything to you, you just come back to the word of a God. The word of a God has said that that life, that is it in me. Because I received his word. My life has permanently changed. Sometime you might think you're not going on. But you're not going back either. It looks like you're not going on. It looks like the, the trials of the difficulty, the darkness has just become darker. It seems like you're roaring, the roar, oaring the, the boat. But the current was so strong. It seems like you're not going, making any progress. When you hold on there, it's something holding you. That itself is the progress. Then in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, said we're troubled on every side. As I said on the watch night. Let me watch my time. 
I don't want to break my reputation of 10 minutes preacher. I never know that will even hit me. <laughs> We're troubled on every side. It's not just one side, every side. That means not one thing was excluded. That means that in your life, that in your daily life, every side is troubled. That how can you depend on the things that are on the earth to help you? Your help will not come from that. Your help will not come from a mental ability. Your help will not come from your job, not coming from your raising of a salary, not coming from your work, not coming from even your family. The only thing will come from you have to look up to God and let Him be your help. And He dwelled in His Word. He said, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Trouble. In the Greek, it means to press. As the grapes press hard upon a compressed way. Aren't you glad that you live in this age and it seems like it was compressed? It seems like there's just a pressure coming from everywhere. And sometimes the pressure is not given by the brothers or the sisters or your own family. Sometimes the pressure is that we give it to ourselves. Is this here giving me the more the pressure? You don't give me pressure. You actually try to help me to leave my pressure. But this is the mind. The devil is battling. was constantly try to press you down. Try to depress you. But Lord gave us the promise that you're troubled, but not distressed. You said, I feel so distressed that I don't know what to do this. I don't know what to do that. When you don't know what to do, you look up. Your help will always come on time. It's like the Stephen, when he was um, preaching the sermon, and at the end of the sermon, the people were so stiff-necked, that they were so angry, and they tried to they, uh, just all come in one mind and one heart, and they're coming uh, toward him, and throw stones around him. And Stephen cannot just uh, look at the stone. If I look at uh, any left or right, and front or the back, everywhere is the stones. But the only place that he can look at is to look it up. But when he looked up, he saw heaven open. Then Jesus was sitting on the right, standing on the right hand. You see, when you're in the trial, when you're in the difficulty, in the darkness, in the things that we don't know what to do, the distress that's coming upon, the pressure of this world, the only way you can do is to look at what God has said about you. If you look at the symptom, the symptom will never give you, um, give you something that is right. The symptom will never encourage you. The symptom is always a try to give, want you, give you the worst part of it. But if you look at what God has said, He said, by my stripes, you were healed. He said, I healed all your diseases. He said, I saved all your family. Believe unto Jesus Christ. You and your whole house will be saved. He said, I'll never forsake you. I will never leave you. Be of a good courage. There's so many promises of God that's in there to tell us what to do. And I said we're perplexed. Perplexed is means to be without resources. 
That means you come to their wit's hand. Is that a word, wit's hand? Wit's hand? Now you have no other way. You don't know what to do. You tried everything that you tried. And you live a life. You help the, with whatever the situation in your life. You, you preach the, oh, your, you, you let your life do the, the preach to your family. And you see, still see your children as the backside. You still see, seems like nothing. You run out of a, run out of a resource. But you never run out of a resource. He said it perplexed it, but not in despair. It's not that you're coming to an end. It's not that they're coming to an end. You, have a, you just, uh, uh, you know, uh, seems like there's nothing that you can do. Maybe you're coming to an end that is a worldly concern, but you will never come to an end in God's sight. And that it perplexed it, and it means embarrassed, is to be in doubt. Even John the Baptist was perplexed. Even John the Baptist has come to a point that he said, is this a you? Or we're waiting for somebody else. You think about it. He's the prophet. He's the one that actually introduced Jesus. Sometimes we're thinking we're coming to a point like John the Baptist. We're the one that is sharing to the people God is a healer. And we're the one that get into the sickness. We're the ones sharing the message that said that this message is a power can deliver. And we come to the point we need to be delivered. We share to the people that this message of this is our can take away the depression. And sometimes we come down to the depression. But Lord said, perplexed it, but not a despair. Perplexes also mean not to know which way to turn. But what is the despair? Is that not in despair? Despair means to be utterly a loss. In another word, you were not utterly at loss. You might be feel you lost the way. You might be feel you lost the direction. But the Bible said you are not utterly at loss. And despair means utterly destitute of a measure or resource. Renounce all hope being despair. It seems like all hopes are gone. But the Lord said you are not Lost all hope. You're not in despair. You might be feel confused. You might be perplexed, but you are not utterly at loss. Then I'll think about how many testimony that we can have it over here in our congregation. We think about a Nathan Hound and how I think the problem of the mom and the the sisters has been perplexed. Lord, when are you going to save my son? But now your son's sitting here. What is it means? Perplexed, but we're not in despair. By faith, we're still believing the word of a God. We may not say that by day. We may not say this by months. We might not say that by years. But God will always come on right time. And we're thinking about the victor. We're thinking about a Johnny. We're thinking about all this testimony. And the ones that never go to the world. It shows the greater keeping power that's still that in the word of a God. And I want to give a badge to you moms and to you daddies. That you prayed for your children. You raised up since they were born. You have a devotion after devotion. You believe for them. Some they went to the world, but by faith you drag them back. Not dragging them back to the church, but you're dragging them back to the experience with the Lord. And some of you mom and you dad, I give you a badge on that. 
And your children never go out to the world. And that shows the token hose. The token still hosing today. And they're sitting here, sitting out of the pew, believing the word of God. Even themselves going through the struggle. Even at this moment, they're sitting at a chair, going through the battle in their mind. But that keeping power still holding them. Even at this moment, they're sitting in there. Their mind was battling them. But young people, let me ask you, who holds you? Who makes you sitting here? Who makes you sitting here and raise up your hand and believe the word and say amen to the word and your mind is battling. It's the holding power. There is a treasure in you. Don't give in. Don't give up. That shows that power that's still holding you. Don't you ever the devil coming to you said today in your mind say you're not a believer you're just a hypocrite you never live a hypocrite life this is your real life when you come to a church to believe and reject all the battling reject all the condemnation reject the things that are in the past sitting here believing the word of God that is a true believer you're perplexed Sometimes you feel you're living in a double life. Let me tell you, you're not living a double life. This is the real life that you're living. You rejected all the excuse that you could make. And then you still made it to church. You rejected all the excuse that you could make. And then go back to the world. But you're still coming here to listen to the word. And soon in the heart of the heart, you desire for the Lord. You cry unto him without even the people saying, maybe our mom or dad doesn't even see that. But God saw that. Who doesn't live a hard life? Everybody live a hard life. Who has ever been to a 16, 17, 18? We've all been through that. But something holding you. Something put a treasure that is in you. That you never give up and you never give it in. And that day on Calvary, the Lord, we know that thou art God. And this is the quote I read out to the year of our brother Hugh, just one day before he passed away. And I want you to listen carefully to this. And take it to heart. And I believe this is to a dying man. And while I was reading this quote to him, he's mumbling in his mouth. He tried to say a few words. Then I hear him say, Amen. I want you to listen carefully in this. He said, Lord, we know that thou art God. Do you know that he's God? By what? By your symptom? By your falling? Even by your standing? No, because the word of God has said so. We know that thou art God. And after reading this secret of holy word, we can still see that your nature has not changed. 
His nature is a healer. That nature never changed. His nature is to deliver. His nature never changed. His nature is to present help in our trouble. That nature never changed. He said, you are always God. And it seemed like that Jesus was not going to have any help. That he was taken by wicked hands. And was hacked to pieces. And spit upon and mocked and hanging on a cross, bleeding, dying. And seemed like there was no help nowhere. Till even he cried himself, my God, my God, why has I forsaken me? Have you feel sometime like that too? Lord, why did you forsaken me? But you see, there is something in him. It can never be taken away. The anointing of the Holy Spirit can be, uh, can be off of him, but the nature of God cannot off of him. He still is the Word. He always is the Word. That Word can never leave him. That Word can never forsake him. If the Word can never forsake him, the Word cannot forsake you. If you are the Word, the name of Jesus on you, the life of Jesus in you, the anointing might be left you. The Holy Spirit in my sins is far away. The helps from the different people might be seeming far away. The environment, the situation might be seeming so contrary, so opposite. But that word life will never leave you. Amen. He said, why have thou forsaken me? It seems that everything left him. But that word cannot leave him. Amen. And that word in you cannot leave you either. Amen. The preaching might leave you. The preacher might leave you. The anointed of the preaching you might never heard. But the word that you receive the living in you cannot leave you. Even when you were died, even when you were live, nailed on the cross. But that word of life, that experience can never leave you. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But you act in a moment that when nothing else can act. Our God can always act when same circle nothing else can act. And we're given to know, Lord, that if we have any river that we cannot cross, if we have any mountains we cannot go through, God specializes in doing things that others cannot do. Amen. You are a specialist on the job. For you know the reason of that day on Calvary. You being God, the infinite one, knew this hour must come. But when it was fulfilled, then you showed you were God. You showed who was boss. God always come on the time. When we feel so confused, perplexed, don't know where to turn. And He showed Himself on time. And showed to us who is boss. The Word is the boss. It overrides any condition, any situation. That you can put your trust in Him. And And the Bible said, Persecute it. But not forsaken. 
What is a persecutor is a mate to run or flee or put to flight and to drive away. If we talk about a persecution, we're thinking about a per- only the thinking of persecution that's in the martyr's time. That it feed themselves to the lion, that it burn on the stake. We call that as a persecution. But you know that's a persecution in this age. It's never ceased. It's still going on. It just changed in a different format. It just persecuted another way, in a different, different way. You know, I said, I think I shared it with you before. That in China, it was, it doesn't allow to, uh, uh sell Bible, uh, privately anymore. You can only go back to the garment of the proof of the church, which is the three self of the church, and you can buy Bible. All the rest of the Bible was selling it and everything was all becoming illegal. If we talk about a persecution, I will say that's the persecution. You cannot even have a Bible to buy. But you know, sometimes when God doing things, He always doing things, it seems like in the time that you're not supposed to do. He always doing things that let you to, He led to Joshua leading them across the river when the river it is at height. He, he, he always do something specialized. God lets the impossible situation rise and then he show himself he's a specialist in that impossible situation. Your sickness is your family, whatever that a situation that you are in, God allow that. Allow that not to destroy you, but to show him that he is a specialist that in that situation. And it's during, it's in this time that we have the, the Bible. We translated it, we printed it and distributed it. And the, the people, they're buying it and they're getting everywhere. But you know, you know the devil is to try to do, he tried to stop this. But what God did, no man, when God started, no man can stop him. And just because of, there's no Bible to buy. And then in China, in this time, and the, the people from the house church and everywhere, it created a, such a vacuum. Or, okay. <laughs> it created such a, a vacuum, nowhere can buy Bible. And the only place that they can get a Bible is from us. And we haven't been printed at about 10,000 a Bible within two months, or two thirds of them all gone. God is specialized in the things, in the situation that seems impossible. And we're thinking about this is the worst time that we can ever have. But God making it become the best of time so that the word of God can reach it to the people. And not only that, the people who buy the Bible and the brothers were so smart. Sometimes you just have to have the intelligence of a God. Not intelligence of a man, but you have to be bony enough too. And the brother sent to them, said, do you want some study material? And those people said, like what? And for example, he said, you know, like seven church ages, like seven seals, adoption, Hebrew theory, question and answer. Even the title makes the people start jeweling. <laughs> they said, sure, we want some uh, study material. So they stuck the study material in the Bible and they sent it to the people. And then some rejected it, but some believe it. And some said, do you have more study material? Sure, we got lots of study material. And one after another, they sent it a message out. And by God's grace, then the word of God is not only the Bible given to them, the message also is spreading it to them. 
And sometimes we wonder how God works in things. But God is specialized in the time as it's impossible. And it's just a few days ago, there was some sisters in the western province. You probably heard that province. They had a, the news that said they had a re-education camp for the Muslim and things. I don't know if it's the truth or not. Nowadays, every news has become a fake news. I can't even trust anything. But we don't depend on that. But even in that province, it was very tightly monitored. And the, the, the people, the message spread it to there. By who? By a one sister. That's a Chinese sister in Japan. And she was in Japan. And somehow he got on the internet and that I shared a message on the internet and get it to the people. That message, people, person cannot physically go to that province, but the internet is still open. And through that, there's a several sister, ten some sister, and they heard the message, they received the message. And then they sent a text or the voicemail that it to me, and it said to Brother Murphy, we love this message. There's nothing else that we can live for, but live for this message. And then they want to donate it for the Bible, for the message of printing, for everything. And they cannot even donate money because the whole thing was blocked. And the only way they can donate the money, just every time they can only transfer about 200, 200, 200. Then it just constantly, constantly. Usually he transfer just time after time. And they said, this is our tithe money. We want to donate it for the message. We want to donate it for the Bible. Do whatever that you can. What is it? God specialized in the things that is impossible. Persecuted, but not forsaken. But you see, the persecution a lot of time it is not only just on the physical realm, but the persecution is also on the mental realm. It might be the facing the persecution in China there, but you say that you're facing the persecution too. As on your mind that the devil is constantly bombarded you and do everything that he can to try to just, uh, uh, di- um, just d- diminish you or degrading you. Said you're nothing, you're worthless, you're, you're just wasting your life. But remember, God said you never was forsaken. Sometimes it's because your own self has inflicted the, the mistake that you made. Sometimes it's the things that you do that are wrong. You make the devil start you chasing you, pursuing you. But you see, when the devil pursuing you, you have to do something. You cannot just run. Does anybody was a run after by a dog? When a dog chasing you, you don't run. You, you can't outrun dog. He got four legs, you only got two. You have to stand on your ground. Pick up whatever that's available beside you and fight him. You bit him one time, no matter if he's a German shepherd or pit bull, you bit him enough, he will go. But if you run, he's going to be more uh, fierce on you. But if you stand your ground, he cannot do that to you anymore. And you have to do the same thing. You cannot let the devil just a constant bombarding at you. And the way it's an old thing that you cannot stop the bird, uh, fly over you, but you can stop him to, uh, 
build a nest on you? You know, let me change that. Devil, if you ever fly over me, I'm going to shoot you. You have to do that. You cannot just let him fly over, fly over. Sooner or later, he will drop something on you. You got to shoot him. Whenever there's a soul coming, shoot him with the word of God. Don't just wait him without the flying around, hovering around. Shoot him with a shotgun. You have the ability. You have the power. God gave you the word to let you use that. Have no rights to even fly over your mind. As soon as they come, as soon as the dark cloud come, shoot him. Too many times we're waiting, let him just hover around us. Let him tread on us, let him trample on us. And then you come back in repentance. Then you come back and say, oh, boo-hoo, instead of crying. Why should you even let him start in the first place? When they try to accuse you, try to condemn you, try to put a condemnation along you, tell them who you are. Tell them you are the son and daughter of a God by receiving the word. My life has a permanent change. My desire, my nature has a permanent change. Shoot him down. You shoot him two times or three times, he'll know better. And then cast down, but not destroyed. To cast down is meant to throw to the ground. It was a lay flat, prostrate. You know, many times we've been cast down. We've been thrown to the ground. Sometimes by sickness, sometimes by sudden catastrophe. And sometimes we don't even know what we did wrong. Then we've been laid on the front, laid on the ground. And sometimes it's by temptation. Sometimes it's by trials. Sometimes it's by self-inflicted pain or mistake or by our own failure. And sometimes we're cast, we're cast down or laid on the ground or thrown to the ground. It's why we're not being aware. We're, we didn't, um, uh, we didn't pay attention to it. But sometimes even you pay attention, you get ready for it, but the devil is so slick. Then he still give you a lick, and then you lay you on the ground. He was a very professional boxer. He knows what he's doing because he studied you for a long time. But no matter how you've been cast down or laid on the ground, but the Bible said you're not destroyed. And I think I showed you the last time that uh, one of our young men that, um, you know, we were uh, the BCA students that went to China and then they went to the, uh, one, one of the places, a martial arts place, that uh, the person who do the Aikido, uh, who is a master and want to do the demonstration. And for the people, they take one of our young boy and uh, just, uh, f- uh, just flipping him over and uh, uh, put a flat on, on his back on the ground. When I first saw that, I was so shocked. I said, my goodness, I was shocked not because he's a skillful to throw him down. I was shocked. I, I thought, uh, this brother is going to be a, 
going to be bone broken or something. But you see, no matter how you try to um, get ready or pay attention, aware of it, but you're still subject to mistake. You're still subject because you're still living on this uh, earthen vessel. You're still subject and uh, the devil can throw you just on the ground. Even you pay very much attention and be aware of the situation. You try to be careful in everything. But you see, devil is devil. And he was doing all, he's the master of it to lay you, to throw you on the ground. But no matter how he throw you on the ground, you find out every time you get up. It was just something that is in you and it makes you to get up. And I was even surprised that that brother was uh, thrown on the ground. He even can stand up and still smile. And it seems like, oh, cool, man, do it again. You know, sometimes I find all the believers are kind of like that. It seems like you can even throw to the ground the time after time. But every time you get up. Every time, no matter how the devil lay a snare, a trap, put it on you. But there is a still always, you come out of it. That shows it's not you live, it's not you try to hold on. But there is a something that is holding you. If he cannot overcome you first time, second time, third time, and many times that I have a trust, that I have a, uh, I have to believe that God will hold me until the rapture. He got nothing can do to you. You know, let me just share a little testimony here. And a few days ago, I was called my mom and, um, I hope this, uh, this is okay with you. And that I called, I called her, uh, just said, uh, mom, how are you doing? And my mom said, uh, he said, uh, he said, honey, he said, uh, not very good, you know. He said, the devil is on my case again. I said, what's happened, mom? And she said, um, she said that the other day, she said, I was, uh, uh, you know, I was uh, walking on the outside and, uh, uh, it was uh, in a snowing day and uh, she, uh, my mom's always a go to walk and she's almost 80 years old, but just strong like a, uh, like a cow. And she would just always want to go out, uh, even in the winter time and uh, just no matter is it raining or snowing and everything. And she always want to walk. And she went to a, a little woods, uh, you know, going to the, the wood place. It was a snowing day. Nobody there. Then she still want to go to winter for walking. And when she was walking and she's not careful and she was sle- uh, uh, stepping on the, on the ice and just uh, flop it all over. You know when older people, when they fall, they, they couldn't get up. And my mom has been falling time after time. I don't know how many times. I, when I heard of that, I was thinking in my, in my mind, I thought, Mama, why haven't you to test the God again time after time? Just uh, one fall after another. Do you have to really fall every year in order to prove God is a healer or a supporter? But I dare not to say that to her. And then she said, you know, just pray for me. And she said, I, 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 I was, uh, that's, um, I fall that again. But she said, you know, it was a strange. She said, when I fall, she said, I remember God actually already reminded me. It was just a few, it was a few weeks before she was fall. She had a dream. And in the dream, she said, uh, she heard a voice that a voice said, you gotta be careful. You gotta be, pay attention. My mom said, I, all, I said, I hardly ever dream. He said, I want all the dream I have. I never hear the voice. But she said, in that dream, she said, I heard that voice just as clear as I hear it now. 
He said, you got to be careful. You must be pay attention. And she said, uh, she doesn't know what it, what it is. And then she saw there was a cave that she was started walking into the cave. There was a two uh, beasts there and tried to scare her, but she came out of it. She said, only when I fall, I realize God telling me, you got to be careful. In another word, don't do stupid things. <laughs> don't go to the wood in the snow, try to be healthy. It's not the right place to go. You see, many times God warned us. The things that before they come, He always warned us. Warnings and judgment. But you see, we're just so dumb a lot of time. We're thinking we're fine. You know, I'm okay. I'm strong. I'm 80 years old. I'm stronger than ever. You know, I can do this. I can do that. But you know, God is always careful about us. And He always warning us, reminding us even before the thing. But just we are so foolish that we fall right into it. My mom said, I fall right into that. But you see, even that we have a self-inflicted pain, even we made our own mistake, even the things that we cause it, we do it wrong. But time after time, God help us out of that. And my mom said, I'm there. Then she said, oh, she said, Lord, I'm sorry. I should listen to that. I shouldn't have come out of that. And as soon as she was saying that, she was praying that, she lifted up her eyes. And there was, in nowhere, there was, a, there was a gentleman, it's about 40-some years old, just walking by her. And my mom said, please, sir. And then said, can you give me a hand? You know, in China, you don't take people out of the ground. Especially for the older people. I'm not saying you don't do it, but sometimes they're risking to do it because some people they are lifted up, but actually, you know, they're just, what you call that? You know, they dash on your car and try to sue you or something. You know, in China, they sometimes they're doing that too. So, but this gentleman, there was this come, and my mom just called him, uh, called him and had him coming over, and he, uh, he helped my mom lift it and up. He said, oh, just a minute, let me, uh, let me go to, uh, get you a branch so that you can, uh, uh get a stick. You can, uh, walk it home. The environmentalists won't be happy about this. So that they go to the tree and break, break out a branch and make it a stake and out of it and help my mom to walk it home. And then when my mom walked there, my mom said, Lord, how I thank you. You're the present help in time of trouble. When I was so foolish, do the things that I shouldn't do, but you still, you still careful about me. Do you know that God is always a personal God? He's careful about His own children. Sometimes it's not God put you in there, you put yourself into it. You make yourself become a victim. You do the things that you're not supposed to do. But He's still present help in the time of trouble. Why? You are His children. It's not trying to find your excuse. Try to get out of that. You're going to suffer for that. But God, He's still our Father. He said, you're my house. You're my family. You have my gym that's born in you. And then my mom, after we prayed, and by God's grace, she's perfectly fine. You cast down. But you're not forsaken. And you know, sometimes we're thinking, oh, that's just a small thing. But you know, God careful about the small things. And my mom, she said, I said, I can't get it up. 
Because when 80 years old and falling, he can't get it up. He said, if, she said, if I get it up, I'm going to fall again because it's so icy. But God even taking care of it. And the mighty was a small little thing. If they taking care of the small things, doesn't he take care of the bigger problem than in your life? The Bible said to cast down, but not destroy it. To destroy it, that means to put out of the way entirely. God will never let you be put out of the way entirely. As I said on the watch night, because the devil will not put you in the way, so he cannot put you out of the way. It's God put you there. If he puts you there, he will prepare you. He stands under the prophet to prepare you. There is nothing going to take you out of that. That's why the Bible says we have an eternal, my brother Branham said in search we would see Jesus. He said now we have an eternal life through the grace of God. This treasure that we hold in this earthen vessels, not put in there by man, but by the power of the resurrection of God. Who put that treasure in there? God himself put that treasure in there. If he put it in there, nobody can pluck you out of God's hand. Then the Bible said in John 10, 28, He said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He said, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Let me give you some scripture. Even when you are fall, but God is still there to help you out. Even that in the darkest hour, God is still there to help you out of it. In Proverbs 24, 16, the Bible said, For a just man falls seven times and rise up again, but a wicked shall fall into mischief. In Job 5.19, He shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. In Psalm 34.15, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. But a righteous cry... And the Lord hear us. And deliver them out of all their trouble. All trouble. That means everything. God deliver us from big trouble? Yes. Does God deliver us from small trouble? Yes. No matter the size of it, God will deliver us from every trouble. Then it said that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. What a wonderful God that we serve. This is all the promise to you personally. Then in Psalm 37, it said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, 
he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And the treasure of God, or the treasure which is the life of God, that was living in an earthen vessel. The earthen vessel does always cause us the problem. But God has to put the treasure in there. Whenever there is the trouble, you'll find out, is this a treasure that's even in us, make us a cast down, but not destroyed. Even in the weakest moment, He showed Himself to become the strongest. In the darkest hour, He shined His light. Because the light and the darkness in God's eye is the same. There is no difference. Even in the darkest of the moment, still to Him, that is the light. Because that belongs to the God's domain. And in the, in the Psalm 139, it said, Yea, it said, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, it said, even the night shall be light above me. It said, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Amen. To God, your trouble is not even the trouble. To God, your darkness is not even the darkness. It's all light to Him. No matter how dark it seems like, no matter how uh, impossible the situation, to God is all the same. It doesn't take a God one bit of a more strength to turn the darkness into light. Because in Him, everything is exactly the same. You know, there was a one uh, sister... Let me just uh, try to wrap that up here. I was share the testimony. I was just too much to share it over here. And then there was one sister that in China that had just received as a testimony not a, not a few days ago. That uh, she, um, I think I shared this before. She used to be a woman preacher. And then the Lord uh, just to share, get the message to her. Then she quit her pastorship and then uh, become a message believer and go home and start to just listening to the message. And that after she was started listening, she did pray, and then the Lord just um, uh, turned his um, uh, turn her former uh, the congregation just one after another, and come to here, come to her house. What they tried to do, they tried to uh, uh, bring her back to the denomination, no church. But she was listening to the message, and she was giving the message to them to listen to, and then uh, one by one by one. And then uh, those people get out of the denomination and start to uh, go on, uh, to the home and to listen to the message. And by God's grace, and they had a little church. And the Lord raised up the young man that in them and become a pastor of that church and started leading the congregation over there. And uh, this uh, sister, she uh, just um, not long ago, this last year, and she uh, went to the hospital and because she does, she just doesn't feel well. And then when she was uh, in the diagnosis, they do the CT scan and a different uh, uh, MRI or whatever that, that need to be done. And they find out that there are several nodules that are in her uh, lung. Then they diagnose it and they do the biopsy, uh, biopsy or whatever they need to do. And then they find out it's at the early stage of uh, uh, lung cancer. And then when the sister was uh, here that, and she was uh, right away, you know the human reaction right away, it's not, oh, I believe God, God gonna make this, this become a great testimony out of it. We're human beings. We're the earthen vessel. We're still, uh, made by the 16 elements that are on this earth. We're just the same like anybody else. 
But we have the treasure that are living in us. And she was very uh, nervous and uh, literally get scared. And uh, she doesn't know what to do. And uh, the doctor said, you must go to do the surgery uh, right away. And to cut the, the, the part of the lung uh, away from, uh, you know, cut, cut it off. And then she went back and she wanted to pray. And I asked uh, the pastor to, to pray for her uh, as well. And she says, uh, you know, Lord, I don't want to go through this surgery. Lord, I want you to take care of this. I've been hearing so much testimony, testimony after the testimony, that is to show that, Lord, you are the great healer. He said, Lord, I want you to heal me with this. Then she believing, she was, uh, she was uh, praying, says the Lord, just let the doctor, uh, just recheck it again, said, I don't need to do the surgery right away. And then she go to another doctor and uh, do the diagnosis. Then the doctor said, yeah, I said it's an early, uh, uh, stage of the cancer. But you know, maybe we can just wait for, uh, for about a month to see, uh, how, how these things go. And she said, praise the Lord. You know, Lord answer my prayer. Because I asked the Lord, don't let them uh, to say that I have to immediately do the surgery. And so she prayed and then that just uh, strengthened her. You know, a lot of times that that's what is the God doing to our life. He just let us taste it a little bit and gave us enough strength to go on. He doesn't totally, uh, just thoroughly right away to do the things to solve the problem, but a step by step by step. And then after, uh, after that, and she was wanting to pray, but she believed. And, uh, though the pastor know. Then after the pastor know, the pastor uh, called me, said, Brother Murphy, you know, the certain sister that you know, uh, uh, you know the name of, I say, yes. I says, uh, then he said, uh, you know, uh, she got, uh, uh, the lung cancer. Then I said, oh, I said, really? And then uh, this later, this brother related this to me. And when he heard, I just said, oh, really? And he said, what? I thought you're going to be nail on the floor and the crying and the screaming and the cast the demon out and the pray for the, for the sister. He said, why? Uh, later he told me, he said, I don't understand. He said, Murphy, you seems like you are so cruel, hearted, uh, hardened, hearted a person. Just no feeling. And then I told his brother, I said, you know what? Feeling doesn't help people. Emotion doesn't heal cancer. Crying, tear, weeping doesn't drive demon away. The only thing that drives it away is by faith to believe what is the word of God has said. Faith has a muscle. Faith has a hair on the chest. That's what Brother Brandon said. That is the faith. Faith is not emotion, not setting how much tear. Faith is not how much sincerity that you have. Faith is not that. Faith is strictly built on believing the word of God. A lot of time we try to use our emotion, try to heal. Emotion doesn't heal. A lot of time we try to use a family tie, try to bring our children back. Family tie doesn't bring them back. It's a faith to believe the word of God. Leave a token life before them, that will bring them back. Then I said to, I said to the little brother, uh, then I said, well, we'll pray and we believe the Lord is going to do, do the work. Then I shared, uh, the brother Peter's testimony. And, uh, you probably heard that, uh, uh, you know, the brother Peter has uh, shared this before. Brother, I said to the brother Peter that he got a tumor that in his brain. And then after, afterward, and then he was uh, going to the diagnose, 
and they find out the tumor, they said they have to do the, uh, re, uh, radiation. And it has to go through all of that. And the brother Peter, he was a, he was a nervous too. Though he was a man, but we, as I said, we all are earthen vessel. We all have to go through that. But as a one day, there was a song just coming. She, he was a singing. And then the Lord would just take the fear of that away. And then brother Peter, instead of it, just lay on the bed and he started doing the transition work. And he started going to, uh, trying to, he said that there was no Fijian language. Then he started just one message after another message and he started doing the transition work. And by God's grace, we have the Fijian language, brother Kobus. And that's a brother Peter on his sick bed, doing the radio, radiation. Then it's doing that. You know, sometimes the God push us into the certain situation. It's not to destroy, but in that situation, not only just let us be healed, but God wanted, a, as the brother Thomas said, I wanted the honey coming from the carcass of the lion. So I shared this testimony uh, to this uh, brother. And this is the brother, afterward, he shared his testimony and the back to the sister. So the sister, she listened to that and she said, you know, I believe that's from the Lord. I don't need emotion. I don't need it, just a feeling. Everybody just a patting on my back said, I'll be okay or doing this. And that doesn't help me. He said, if the man of God has shared that testimony, I believe that's come from the Lord. Then she said, you know, brother, he said, let me do some transition works. Instead of just put my mind as just occupied with all this cancer, cancer, cancer. He says, I want to just do like the brother Peter do. And he said, give me some of the message so that I can proofread. She's not very good at English. But what we did, we used it a different way to uh, do the transition now. It's very similar to Brother Cobus, what he's doing. They find that a transition program. They call it our artificial intelligence program or whatever. And then they put it on a message. They use actually five or six different programs. And then they put a message in the program, paragraph by paragraph. And then the use the program, use the machine to translate the message. And after it was translated, they first give it to the people who only speaking Chinese and don't not very good in the English, because they are message believers. They've been immersed themselves into hundreds of messages. So when they're reading that, because we are by God's grace, we have been translated 800 messages, and uh, uh, we still had about 400 and need to go. So if the Lord willing, in the next few years, we want to finish all the Chinese translation. So we want to put all these Chinese believers into work, Sister Shirley, Brother Jim, and Sister Susie. Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> so then the, then the sister, uh, what, what, what we did, and then we used the machine to translate it. Then the, the brothers in China, they organized about a ten some people. And those are, most of them are young people. And then they start to go through this message, some of the older people are like their message believer. So when they saw there's a certain phrase that right away they recognize that this is wrong because it's machine translated. So by doing that, they literally can make it about a, afterward about, about a 60, 70 percent of a right. And so then the, after they translated, uh, perforated that, they gave it to the translator who knows the English and who knows the, the, the Chinese. And then they uh, proofrate the whole message. After they proofread it, then they give it to the, the pastors. And then the pastor go over that and say if there's any uncertain 
guarantee that in that phrase, then they come to me. That sure, uh, that lightens a lot of, uh, the burdens on my shoulder. Then the believers, they started doing that. By God's grace, in the last about two months, they finished the 11 messages. Just by doing that. And then this sister, when she, uh, uh, she said, I want to do something. Then she started going back, and she started translating the message. And then, um, as she was translating, then she has to go to the diagnosis, go to the doctor. The doctor says, if this mess, if, if this uh, cancer going along, you only got about a, a few years to live. And she was the first when she heard that. You know, a lot of time you just have to follow what the devil said. I know this is uh, hard to understand. She said, uh, yeah, if I only got about a few years to live, I better work hard. You know, sometimes the devil will say to you, said, you know, your, your, your body just doesn't feel well. Yeah, my body doesn't feel well. Lord, I must go back to you and the Lord, by your stripes, I must be healed. And so this sister said, if I only got a few years to live, I better work hard. Cause I might not got a chance to do this anymore. So day and night, from the morning to night, she started doing the translation one after another after another. And she had done about a ten some of this message. Just in the last little while. And while she was doing that, she forgot about her cancer or this and that. You have to be occupied by the right thing. You cannot let your mind just go wild. Just go follow whatever the doctor to say or this situation say. You must be put what you need to do on the benefit for the word of God and the kingdom of God. And when she was uh, doing that three months later, and she go back to the, do the, the checkup, and the doctor said, uh, whatever you have done, you've done it right. And I said, your, the nodule that's in your lung become a lighter. And she said, praise the Lord. And she just go back and do more translation six months later. And it went back to there. The doctor said, well, it become a lighter and lighter. He said, it's strange. I don't know what has happened. He said, now you, you're fine. You don't need to see me anymore. He said, just six months later, come to do the recheck. You're all right. You're cast down, but you are not destroyed. If we can ever put our mind into what is the word of God has said, and to realize who we are, you are the children of God. You're not the one that Satan can trample on you just time after the time. You know, there's another testimony here. There's only one sister, and who was a young sister. And then she got a, she got a severe depression. And then, uh, you know, she, uh, just, uh, she was, uh, she was in the university just the first year. And then because of the severe depression, and then he can't, uh, the school ask her, uh, she has to go back home. And she, uh, she was a smart girl. And at the top of the, uh, the class. And she was learning the English, uh, in the, in the university. And then she got a, you know, a great promising in her career and things. And she's a believer. And then she got this depression. And it became so severe she couldn't, she couldn't even study. And then she asked her dad. And then her daddy take her home. And when she get back home, and, uh, she said that she basically like, um, a uh, useless person because she cannot do anything, cannot study, cannot go to work. It's just basically like a wasted. 
And then I, the, the brother asked me that one day, I was telling him, and I said, uh, you know what? Maybe you want your daughter to help with the translation work. Because she was studying English. I said, how do you know this is not the will of the Lord so that she can be out of the school? She cannot go to school, but she was learning English. She was a very good student, very good in English. I said, why don't you just let her start to do some translation works to help us out? And he gave it a, that he told her daughter, and her daughter contacted me, and we started giving her the message to do. And she was in the severe depression. She cannot focus. She was still on the drug, taking the medi- medication. But you know, she take it as from the Lord. And she started to help with the proofreading. And one after another. When morning come, the first thing she wake up, she do, she's sitting at a computer doing the translation. And then the night, sometime I receive the text and things, that even their time at 12 o'clock, at night, at 1 o'clock, and she's still asking about the questions. Message after message after message. In the last of the less than one year time, do you know how many messages she proofread? 111. Brother Kobus, you're talking about the message put on a message hub? Almost everyone that go through this sister got a severe depression. She cannot sleep. And at night time, when the darkness has come, she couldn't sleep. And she couldn't focus. Sometime at the night when she was sleeping, she screamed out. The devils just tried to bombard it at her. But you know what? Cast down. But you never destroy. And she become the, the biggest proofreader that we ever have. Just message after message, time after time, one after another. That shows you are the children of God. Amen. Only the seed of God will have a, such an ability that's in them. Something that's driven them. They're not some, somebody that was a super, like what we call the super strong, you know, the, or, or see a vision or see a dream or doing this and that. It was just a simple little sister. But may the Lord reward those people who give their whole heart to the Lord. And it's not that when you're in the trouble, in the difficulties, you try to solve it, you try to solve it. You will never solve it. The trouble just become more piled on on you. But if you do the work of the Lord, if you put your focus on what is the God has blessed, that is this word of God is blessed. It's like that other woman that poured anointed ointment on the Jesus head. And when she done that, and all these disciples, they don't understand why they're so wasted. Why you put an ornament just on the, on the head? This can be sold for money, can do all the other things. You know, we have enough of a problem that we have to be taken care of. We have enough of trouble we can take care of. That is the word, that's to take care of my problem. No. The woman used that to anoint the head of Christ. When she had done all that she could do, and when even those disciples, they accused her, they said, you've done this, is wrong, you're doing this, it's not right. And a woman doesn't need to say a word because of Christ on, his, on her defense. It's not that she tried to say something, but it's Christ to say, don't bother her. She has done what she could because she has do this for my burial. That is a stand.
We have this treasure that in this earthen vessel. You know God knows that you have an earthen vessel. Do you know actually you this earthen vessel is taken from the, the same elements that are on this earth. That he uses the earth elements that has been created in animals and in all different things that is on this earth. And he created your body. And he knows that we are but just a dust. But you know there is one most precious thing that we ever have. That he put in his own life that is in us. What driven us? What making us? To fulfill the promise. What making us to make the, the sick to, to walk it again. To make the, the person that who used to drink and smoke and drug. And make their life totally transform. Become a new person. Is that a treasure that in this earthen vessel? Do you know that many times we put our focus on this earthen vessel. Instead of put our focus on the treasure that in the earthen vessel. That's why. God has to break that vessel. I don't have the time to go into that. But it's to break the vessel so that the light can shine forth. It's to break the vessel like in the Gideon's time. Then the light starts to show forth. It's that light. And then they cry in and out. And they blow the trumpet. And then the victory was won. But God put that earth and put that treasure in each one of you. I was thinking about that little girl. That she probably doesn't sound like a very super spiritual person. And goes through, we're thinking, why God doesn't deliver her? Why God doesn't just deliver her out of the depression? The whole year that she can't sleep, that in the difficulty, in the deep depression, and don't feel herself condemned, that accused, that cannot do the work, cannot go find a job, cannot even study. The best students, that in the whole class, that I couldn't go back to study. But you know what? The Lord put her into the most useful place. And every message that the people in China read, had this depressed girl, that had put her hands on. And it helped to proofread. It helped to translate. And every message that from now on, we continue to translate it until we finish them all. We have that sister. You know, she created her pastorship, but that's not great. You know, she become a going back to home, humble herself, take her position as a woman supposed to be, as a sister supposed to be. That's not great. But in the most difficulty, on this earthen vessel, was so bombarded by the sickness, by the fear, by the nervousness, by the depression, by everything. But in the most difficulty, that she sit down there, that going through the message, that a proofread, correct to here and correct there. And to get down 10 some messages and to put it online so that the people can read, so that the people can listen. That is called a great. That is called to the treasure that in this earthen vessel. Amen. Brother Ryan, uh, Brother Ryan you have to help me singing that broken chin. I've been wanting to sing, sing that for a long time. Finally, you're here. Let's just sing together with uh, Brother Ryan and Brother Ryan, what you know, what you lead us. To sing in a broken chain. The journey that we travel is a winding, narrow road, and there are times we stumble.
Satan has no power on the children of God. When the chances is broken, no matter how he is trying to shatter that chain, but he cannot have no power to bind you anymore. How we thankful the Lord gave us such a wonderful message in this hour. You know, Brother Brandon was talking about uh, he talked about the, the tin uh, tin can alley. Is that God sends a bulldozer into that tin can alley? And down into their heart and just shovel away, bulldozer, everything that in this world, the filthy desire, the things that are away from you. And it changes you a new heart. And it puts his own life that's in you. Where can you find it in the words like this? Where can you find it that the message has been proved and the time and after like this? It just makes us become more appreciated than ever. And it is behooved to us to give us everything that we have. And everything that we can. You might think, you know, I'm just a small little person. You know, I'm just, I have no use. And whoever's thinking about the little sister that's thinking that she, her life was totally wasted and only about 19 years old and become a superhero, cannot even function. But Lord, use her to do the greatest work that ever, that any person can even dream to be done. And I believe that God will use you, every one of you, no matter what situation that you're in. Don't look at your problem. Don't look at your trials. Your natural eyes might be so attracted by it. But let your treasure that in the earthen vessel be attracted by the word of God has said who you are. All the things is about to recognize who you are. What's your position that's in the Christ. Let us bow our head.
Oh, gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, it is so, always so wonderful. Lord, to, to know that we possess something way greater than is the earth, this world can offer. That is the life of Jesus Christ that are living in each individual. Father, we know you have changed our nature. And we realize you have changed our whole desire. But Lord, yet we're still living in this earthen vessel. Is this earthen vessel that is Satan is bombarded and the time after time the waging war that is against us. But Lord, we never give in and we never give it up. Lord, because we realize that there is a treasure living in us, the life of a Christ living in us. Lord, we've been cast down, but Lord, we never destroyed. Lord, we perplexed, but Lord, we never been forsaken. Father, we just go continually that marching on this journey that you ordained us to walk. Lord, I just pray you to help each individual, that each of believers, no matter what position, no matter what condition that they're in, Lord, we know you are way bigger than the Satan kind of hollering at them. Lord, I know though the world it seems like it's so opposite, but we do possess the life of Christ that are living in us. Lord, I just pray that you help each individual Lord, as they are, uh, we're going to dismiss them and they're going back at home and come back at again and to listen to Brother Michael Reyes is going to preach to us. Lord, I just pray you to prepare our heart at it again and to let your word be heard, Lord. Anointing your servant, Brother Michael. Lord, how we enjoy his ministry. Lord, he has the time after time. He has the minister behind his pulpit. Have become a, such a blessing. Lord, I just pray that you become a, that a God that is behind the pulpit. Lord, that led that is a vessel that be moved uh, uh, aside. Uh, let you to walk it out. And let the Holy Spirit speak it personally to our heart. We give you all the thanks and the glory. Your name is worth to be praised. In the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Let's sing the, the chorus again before we uh, dismiss.